Ho, Tudor minded people. It's Philadelphia Carry for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is contumely. Oh, I count myself fortunate to be among those who serve her great majesty, Queen Elizabeth. The court is a place of joyessence where noble ladies, such as myself, and men do disport themselves most heartily. And yet, the court is also a nest of thieves, a place of much contumely. Scorn and insults are whispered from behind every door. Ha, ha, did you see my lady such and such as wig? Did she not notice it was bouncing up and down upon her pate as she danced La Volta? Or was not the poem that saith such and such read aloud an abomination? Oh, that all contumely could be silenced. Contumely? How now, Tudor Files, what think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. So diverting. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Tudor Files are an amazing bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Can you give me the spelling of contumely, Philadelphia? It is spelled C-O-N-T-U-M-E-L-Y. That's a hard one. I'm impressed. It means scorn or insolence or insulting language. Apparently, it's from the Middle English word, and I don't know how to speak Middle English, like those people who can read Chaucer in the original. But I think it's pronounced something like contumely, contumely. Ah, and this word is used in what is probably the most famous soliloquy in Shakespeare's whole canon. That's Hamlet's to be or not to be speech. This soliloquy is so iconic, so familiar, so lauded, that it's tempting to speak contumely about it. I know what you mean, because sometimes the consensus of something being so brilliant, that that consensus is so widespread, it's like you want to kind of... I don't know, shake things up and be original and try to convince people it's not that good. <laughs> but when you hear it done really well, it's such an incredible speech. So profound about death, life, the human condition, revenge, frailty. It's just timeless. When you see a really great production of Hamlet, I mean, this is just me personally, I kind of feel like why would anybody bother to write anything else? Almost every word of that play has become the way we think about things, the way we talk about things, what we say when things are meaningful. And that's why the play can be done over and over again. It just always seems relevant. And you can do it in so many different places, different costumes. To quote Hamlet, the play's the thing. And it was popular from the very beginning. Historians think it was popular with Elizabethan and Jacobean audiences because it was reprinted a number of times. And so it was probably up there with Henry IV, Richard III, and Pericles as being one of Shakespeare's big hits, which I guess shows you that the big hits weren't necessarily good because Pericles is, you know. I love Henry IV and I love Richard III, but Pericles? Who do you think Shakespeare had in mind for the lead of Hamlet? 
Master Shakespeare wrote the part of Hamlet for his leading player, Richard Burbage. Burbage was a most exceptional actor and was renowned for learning parts with copious amounts of words. Well, Hamlet, and this is the character, not the play, has something like 3,900 lines. Just think about it. Just remembering all those words, especially in order. I mean, it's an incredible feat. And then once you've learned it, you have to play all those emotions. I mean, it just must be the most exhausting performance. The actor Daniel Day-Lewis was playing the part on stage at the National Theatre in London, and it was just overwhelming for him. And he walked off in the middle of a performance in the scene where Hamlet is speaking with his father's ghost. And Daniel Day-Lewis said, and this is a quote, it was a very vivid, almost hallucinatory moment in which I was engaged in dialogue with my father. And that wasn't the reason I had to leave the stage. I had to leave the stage because I was an empty vessel. I had nothing left in me, nothing to say, nothing to give. Daniel Day-Lewis is a very truthful actor. He couldn't pretend. It made him see the ghost of his own father. This is an intense play. And we're lucky that so many incredible actors have played Hamlet. Actually, let's hear this to be or not to be speech from three of them. So first up, we'll have Benedict Cumberbatch. To be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. To die, to sleep no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. It's a consummation devoutly to be wished. To die. To sleep. To sleep, a chance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time? The oppressor's wrong, a proud man's consciously the hands of disprized love, the law's delay, the insolence of office and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin. Who would these fardels bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life but for the dread of something after death? The undiscovered country from whose born no traveller returns. It puzzles the will. It makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others we know not of. 
Thus conscience doth make cowards of us all. And thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with the pale cast of thought. And enterprises of great pitch and moment. In this regard their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. This is Adrian Lester. To be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing, end them. To die. To sleep no more. And by a sleep, to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. To die. To sleep. To sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office? And last, Andrew Scott. To be. Or not to be. That is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing, end them to die. To sleep. No more. And by asleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. To die. To sleep. To sleep. Perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, 
What dreams may come when we have shuffled off? This mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time? The oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office, and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes. Wow. Philadelphia, which is your favorite performance? Master Richard Burbage's, of course. His performance is sadly not available on YouTube. I would not speak contumely of any of these fine gentlemen, but I do favor Master Cumberbatch. He's a comely gentleman. I have seen his pleasing visage. He does have a comely visage. I think he was actually voted sexiest man alive at one point. He is very sexy, and he is an incredible actor. But I have to say, I think my favorite is Andrew Scott. He just makes every word sound so immediate, so fresh. Like, he's finding every word, every emotion. I love it. I really like Adrian Lester's Hamlet. I just feel like it's a very warm interpretation. It's less angry than most Hamlets. And you just feel like it's so contemplative, like he's lost in dreams. I just really like that. But as Philadelphia says, they're all so good. I wouldn't speak contumely of any of them. And we've just included men here, but of course there have been incredible women who've played Hamlet ever since 1899 when Sarah Bernhardt played Hamlet, all the way to wonderful actors like Ruth Nega, Kush Jumbo, too many to count, but we couldn't include everybody, so we've just chosen three. Tis so. So bring some 16th century sauce to your vocabulary with contumely. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Music.